This fucking guy. Hello, my Polish potato pancakes. Welcome to This Fucking Guy, a podcast about self-care, if self-care is one long scream into the void. Here, now, today, us is where we use expletives and alcohol to emotionally process the creeps, jerks, and P-words that compose the shitty elevator music of our lives. I'm coming out of my cage, Ren Martinez. And I've been doing just fine, Ginger Golub. Honestly, Mr. Brightside is the bisexual anthem of, of all time. Not somebody told me? No, because part of Mr. Brightside is like, you know, like, she's touching his chest and he's taking her dress off and it's like, you're not sure which one he's jealous of. That's true. I had not considered that until... There is, if you haven't heard it, there's a really great podcast called Punch Up the Jam that basically goes through and picks apart um, pop songs of our youth and then rewrites them. Um, but they did an episode on Punch Up the Jam. I had never considered that it might not be about the girl. But mm-hmm. even now looking at the music video when he's playing really intense chess with Eric Roberts. <laughs> Admittedly, I think The Killers is just like an inherently bisexual band. Like they just feel... By like the way pa- the way Panic at the Disco is clearly pansexual. You know what I mean? Is Panic at the Disco pansexual? I don't know. It feels like it to me. I feel like Panic at the Disco is that guy in high school who got really into emo music and for some reason decided that he would seem cooler if he said he was bisexual, but he was actually straight. If you love me, let me go. I don't know. I've spent my entire high school years listening to Tori Amos. That also tracks. I mean, I think Brendan Urie is bi, and he's pretty much the entirety of Panic at the Disco at this point. Yeah. Brendan Urie is pansexual. He came out in 2018. Um, So, you know, good for him. Personal Panic at the Disco? Personal Panic at the Disco. Um. Paramore also feels like a very bi band, but I will say that Fall Out Boy is straight. Fall Out Boy music is very heterosexual to me. It, it, it's straight, but also you're not having any sex. I mean, that too. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very horny in a I've, I, I've never ever seen a woman's titties kind of way. Yes, but you haven't gone full incel. No, no, we're not there yet. This is going to just turn into its own bonus episode. (laughs) (laughs) So, my dear Ginger, is there anything other than debating the various sexualities of pop punk bands of the 2000s um, that you need to scream into the void? Well, and I'm pretty sure this is the same thing that you have queued up on your computer. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um... But as we are recording this, we are now a little more than 12 hours before the end of this godforsaken presidential administration. Uh, Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. I both remembered and had forgotten that the end of this four years is tomorrow. And like, I don't, I'm very cautiously hopeful because I am hopeful, but also, I don't know, I'm waiting for the meteor to strike. Um, yeah. And and that and that's great. That's not what I'm. 
that's not why I was going to say, though, but because they're packing up the White House. It has now been confirmed. The thing that we all knew has been confirmed that Trump and Melania are sleeping in separate bedrooms, but uh, also that she got the master bedroom and he's been sleeping in a converted study. <laughs> I mean, that makes perfect sense. Like, nothing has made more sense than this does in this moment. Everything snaps into focus. His back hurts on the fold-out couch. This is why he's up tweeting every day until, like, 4 a.m. Because he's by himself and, and alone. Forever alone. Forever alone. Wishing he was sitting on his golden toilet tweeting. But instead, he's in, <laughs> he's in the Murphy bed of a study in the White House. <laughs> <clears throat> So that ju- that just brought me a little crumb of serotonin. That was not the meme I was thinking of. No, so, um, no the the meme <laughs> the meme I was talking about was the 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 Ben Shapiro one um, from last week, uh, where he answers um, a very important question because people are asking about like do regular humans actually buy zip ties and he's like literally literally every regular human i know owns zip ties um every human owns zip ties and then um an american hero named mike drucker responds in the most sincere way possible ben usually i joke but i'm gonna come at this honestly There's a big difference between zip ties being carried by paramilitary forces invading the capital and zip ties being carried by your wife so she can tie you to a chair and make you watch her have sex with other men. (laughs) Fucking cuck. (laughs) That that, that does exist somewhere in the last week annals of our podcast. And it it just makes me so happy. The way that, you know, this inauguration tomorrow, barring, you know, a meteor strike or all the murder hornets rising up, <laughs> will make me so happy. Oh, knock on something. Knock on something. Knock on all of the things. Um, the, the thing is, like, we are now operating, or we have been operating at this level where we are just at the very, very base of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. where... Like, we have just been trying to get reality to stop seismically shifting and to stop feeling like we're going to die every moment of the fucking day. And so we've just really been in survival mode. And I know, I know that, like, as a progressive, I'm not supposed to be happy with the Joe Biden presidency. And, like, ultimately, I'm not. I would have preferred somebody that was much more to the left of the, you know, Bob Dole Republican that Joe Biden is. But at the end of the day, getting back to normal would also feel so fucking great right now. Yeah, I think we can acknowledge that normal in America prior to um, 2016 was not good. It was not a good place. Problematic fave. But we weren't teetering towards nuclear disaster every moment of the day, Mm. you know? And I know, and, and so it'll be nice to not constantly have that feeling. It's like there's a vine. <laughs> um, there's a vine. How where, many more listeners can we alienate? Where there's this guy and he starts singing, you know, um, Santa Claus is coming to town, but it's just, you better watch out. You better watch out. You better watch out. You better watch out. 
And it's like, <laughs> I just, I'm going to be really excited for that song to like, stop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just increasing loudless. <laughs> loudless? <laughs> oh. Well, tomorrow is the inauguration. Obviously, this episode's going to come afterwards. Yeah, and if you guys are listening to this in the aftertimes, just looking at what sweet, naive fools we were, like, don't tell us. Yeah, please don't. I mean... We'll already know and be sad about it. But I figure, even in the aftertimes, we might need some therapy. Okay, Ren. It's time for you to tell me about... This fucking guy. So I don't have any intro. I don't even have... I did not write an intro. At all. Just shout a name at me and let's go. Well, I am gonna say, because... Okay. I'm doing this because you asked me to. Oh! (laughs) Because you have been up my butt. (laughs) Yep. Yep, I have. A month and a half to be like, you need to talk about this bitch. And I'm like, I know. I will get to her. And then, of course, January happened, and you were even more like, no, 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 no. But this bitch, though. This bitch. bitch. And I was like, I-, I promise, I promise, I promise. And, of course, the beginning of January happened. So Yes, and then I started making threats to you and your personal so, safety. I am at least at a zen enough point where I can finally talk about all of the shitbirds that I haven't been able to talk about because mm. of the constant threat of societal collapse, including the one so hoped for by Kelly Leffler. <laughs> you have, of course, heard of Kelly Lynn Leffler. Yes, but for our listeners who have just come out of comas... <laughs> Those lucky motherfuckers. First of all, of course her middle name is Lynn. Like, yes. it was either that or, like, Lee. You have just called me and my mother out. Yep. I mean, my middle name is Elizabeth, and my older sister's name is Marie. And, like, every white girl is either... Ha- you have Lee, Lynn, Elizabeth, Marie. Those are the only middle or names Anne. that exist. Oh, and Yep, yep. Depending on certain... Southern... The more south you go, you hear a lot of Anne's. Um... But yes, Kelly Lynn Leffler is an American politician, businesswoman, and vice president of the local HOA that you're not actually a part of, but she really hates the flamingos in your lawn, so she keeps trying to find you anyway. Also, she's more conservative than Attila the Hun. Yeah. Are you aware of this political ad? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, this is a thing? This is a thing. So I have... An actual, real ad. Like, this is not a fake ad. This is a real political ad that she really actually put out there to really get elected. Did you know Kelly Leffler was ranked the most conservative senator in America? Yep. She's more conservative than Attila the Hun. Fight China. Got it. Attack big government. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, eliminate the liberal scribes. More conservative than Attila the Hun. Uh-oh. Kelly Leffler, 100% Trump voting record. I'm Kelly Leffler. I approve this message. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. And this wasn't satire by 
an opposition. No. Nope. That's, oh boy. That was a real deal Holyfield political ad he put out there to get votes from people. Oof. Decided to cast a white guy as Attila the Hun, huh? You sure did. She sure she did. She sure did. So, clearly I will talk about her, her, her politics. I will also talk about her business. Because she was also, until very recently, the richest person in Congress. Really? Yes. Worth about $500 million in some articles? What the fuck? What the fuck, indeed. Um, that is $364 million more than the second richest person in Congress. Huh. Huh. Yeah, she, she and her husband, who I will talk about, uh, they live on a 15,000 square foot estate in Atlanta. It's called Descante, which means relax. Mm. Mm. He probably eats gold for breakfast. I, mm, okay. So first of all, if your house has a name. <laughs> Like, that's how that you know you're going to be taxed under Joe Biden's plan. Um, but also, I'm kind of surprised she named her house anything that wasn't in English. It's it's styled after a European villa specifically. Of course it is. Italian? I think so. Well, yeah. French? It, well, mm. but hey, 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 don't let all that money fool you, okay? At heart. She's just a farm girl. <laughs> a farm girl who has a pool house with sections imported from a castle in France. And owns... What? Yes. Imported sections from a castle in France. The library has a secret passage and she owns a fossilized dinosaur footprint. Yeah, that sounds right. You know, just like you and me. Common folk. Just like us. You know? Leffler was born in Bloomington, Illinois, and was raised on her family's corn and soybean farm. On her official Senate page, she reminisces about working in the fields and showing cattle at the 4-H County Fair. She contends that her blue-collar upbringing on the farm and in the family's trucking business really connects her to the heart of rural America. But real quick, though, about that farm. Um, uh-huh. <clears throat> That cozy little family operation that, so you know. So cozy. Her and on TM. So cozy. So quaint. Um, five of her family members have received more than $3.2 million in federal subsidies since 1995. With $1.3 million in benefits, her brother, Brian, has received more in subsidies than anyone in the Stanford, Illinois zip code. Hmm. Second place is her dad. Ah. Uh. So just, you know, a blue collar of an American family. <clears throat> so relatable. So relatable. Anyway, back to her bio, which she definitely had ghostwritten. Um, oh, yeah. It's written like an American girl book, but like the worst American girl. <laughs> <clears throat> Specifically Samantha. <laughs> Kelly attended public school. I love how you throw that detail in there. Like, I love how you have to throw that in there. Um, And waitressed through high school and college. Okay. I will say, I, 
I think it's gross that she added public in because we know that she was trying to be like, this makes me a woman of the people. The <laughs> weirder alternative would have just been if she went, Kelly attended school. Or she could have said the name of the school. Okay. Or the town. Or like anything. School relevant. brand school for humans. But again, you know, she's just like you and me. Apparently, she was also in the marching band, ran cross country and track, and played varsity basketball. And I'm sure one prom queen three years in a row and was student body president and was voted most likely to succeed and was approached in the mall by agents saying she could be a model and everyone loved her and wanted to date her and be her friend. <laughs> oh, God. How long has she been dyeing her hair blonde? That's what I really want to know <laughs> out of this. Like, I know it's dyed, but I think it's been that way uh, since She's birth. clearly a natural blonde. See, I can write fiction, too. You know, also, in that marching band, she was a piccolo player. <laughs> she feels like a piccolo or flute. You know, yes. you know the types. So she went to the University of Illinois and got a bachelor's in marketing, which is barely a step above a degree in communications, but just below a degree in English. <laughs> After that, she hopped around doing boring business jobs, blah, blah, blah. And eventually got her MBA, which is something that only other people with MBAs think is worth bragging about. <laughs> In 2002, she joined Intercontinental Exchange, or ICE, which is a commodity and financial service provider doing work in investor relations, a phrase that means nothing to me. I it's They basically own things that other people trade stuff in i know what you said was a sentence in english <laughs> but all i heard was the word beige mm. Mm. and shortly after uh joining she struck up a friendship with the firm's ceo jeffrey sprecker i'm i'm sorry did i say ceo I, I did mean to say CEO, but I also needed to say the chairman and owner of the New York Stock Exchange, the world's largest stock exchange with an average daily trading value of $169 billion. There's an owner of that? There is an owner, and it's Jeffrey Sprecker. As of December 2020, he was announced a billionaire by Bloomberg. Sure. Mm-hmm. Let me send you a picture of Kelly. And Mr. Sprecker. Ugh. I'm sure it's exactly what you expected. <laughs> it's like Veggie Tales if the vegetables were a potato and stock of asparagus. Really? But in blazers. Ugh, really bad blazers. It's But it's really a love story for the ages. She, the 32-year-old up-and-comer, blonde bombshell, 5'10", like Cindy Crawford. He, the wealthy CEO, 16 years her senior, who looks like Dilbert's boss with even less hair. She's 5'10". How tall the fuck is he? Not 5'10". No, like 5'2"? <laughs> Jesus. But this friendship blossomed into true love, and they married in 2004. This friendship blossomed into blowjobs and a prenuptial agreement. <laughs> Shortly after, Leffler was promoted to Senior Vice President of Investor Relations and Corporate Communications and would only continue to advance, eventually becoming the CEO of BACT, 
a subsidiary of her husband's multi-million dollar company, which apparently is aimed at democratizing cryptocurrencies, which is the worst thing I've ever said. It's also the only thing more boring than talking about her MBA. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but make no mistake, Kelly is no trophy wife. According to one Salon article, Leffler, back in 2009, helped ICE establish and market a new credit program in the Cayman Islands. (laughs) The place where all reputable financial dealings happen. Yeah, I mean, you know the Cayman Islands. They're known for very reputable business practices and not at all a haven for tax dodging. No, not at all the subject of the Panama Papers. (laughs) Anyway, this program, called ICE Clear Credit, was a Credit Default Swap, or CDS, clearinghouse. That, uh, oh, oh. A CDS? She, is basically- Why why was I about to say she didn't? Of course she fucking did. (laughs) Okay, carry on. I'm just gonna pour this directly into the microphone. Well- A CDS is basically when lenders sell someone else the risk that a borrower will default on their loan. They became very popular in the 2000s, all the way till 2008, when they helped crash the entire global financial system. So what does ICE Clear Credit do exactly? Well... They allow some of the world's biggest banks, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America, you know, all the favorites, to make their risky Wall Street bets, including the ones that caused the Great Recession, all while avoiding paying U.S. taxes. You know, between these dickbags and Immigrations and Custom Enforcement and... The fact that we now know that Vanilla Ice played at the Mar-a-Lago New Year's Eve party in the year of our Dark Lord uh, 2020. <laughs> Is there anything good with the acronym ICE? No. None. Zip. Oh. Nothing. So at this point, Kelly is happily married to her millionaire, future billionaire husband, has created her own tax haven, And has done this all for a tidy profit. But it can't be business all the time. A woman's gotta have a hobby. In 2010, Leffler attended a Atlanta Dream Game at the invitation of team officials who hoped she might invest in the franchise. Is that basketball? That is. It's a WNBA. Yes. I knew a sport. You did know a sport. I'm so proud of you. Leffler, who liked to quote Madeline Albright's famous line about a special place in hell for women who don't help other women. Only used by terrible women. Went a step further and joined the ownership group. Cool. She cited her childhood as a three-sport athlete as her inspiration for purchasing the team. Ginger, don't laugh. Don't worry. Even this has an underdog story. She, apparently, she wore leg braces, and her teammates called her NBC for newborn calf. 
What? A a very common acronym. <laughs> that aside, I feel very self conscious about about the fact that like most of the time, whenever we reference what one of these people looks like, it's because they're a woman or they happen to be a woman or something. She does not look unlike a newborn calf with really long hair extensions. Mm, she's more bird-like to me. Like a heron. But like an ostrich. Mm-hmm. Apparently, back to, uh, you know, this, this, this heartwarming underdog film. Um, it was only through practicing with her brothers on their farm, gotta mention the farm, mm. and being inspired by the story of Michael Jordan himself, <clears throat> that she became the star athlete who led the student council and tutored fellow students with reading disabilities. Is that a sport? No, but that is literally mentioned in the article. She literally mentions that. She makes sure you know that. So thus, Kelly became a minority owner in the Atlanta dream of the Women's National Basketball Association. By the end of the season, she became one of the owners, primary owners, along with Mary Brock, wife of the former CEO of Coca-Cola. Mm. So, you know, just average. Just the gals. Women. Just the gals. Apparently, she did take an active role arranging her travel schedule to attend all games and often meeting with the head coach during halftime to analyze the first half of the game. Before every season, she would invite the players to her estate, mm. remember Desconte, mm -hmm. for a team dinner. Her estate, Despacito. Alexa, play Despacito. <laughs> From the Washington Post article, quote, Former dream player Megan Simmons remembers getting a tour of Sprecher's Porsches before entering the indoor oh, basketball God. court, where a long dining table was set up for the catered Macchianos. <laughs> what? Oh. 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 Oh, no. Oh, I'm in hell. Oh, God. Could you imagine being this young professional athlete be going up to this fucking like five foot eight bald man being like, look at all my porches. Look at all my Just porches. Making you look at his car. He's not five foot eight. Making this five foot four man making you look at all of <laughs> his like, I have the tiniest dick known to man cars before sitting you down to a meal catered by an upper, upper middle class two for one pasta joint. <laughs> like, the, what? It's the American dream. <laughs> okay. Hmm. They're, they know really how to connect to the people. But Kelly Leffler is also quite the philanthropist. According to Wikipedia, Kelly and her husband have donated $3.2 million to political committees, with 97% of these donations going to Republicans. That's also like if I donated the change in my like dryer machine lint tray to the Biden campaign, which is really all I ever contributed to the Biden campaign, so it's accurate. Donate what you can, what little you have. A paltry 3.2 million, which if you have a billion dollars really is not any money. Well, they didn't have a billion dollars back in like 2008. They now have a billion dollars. You know, the stock ex Okay. 
he was definitely a millionaire at the time. So, like, let's not fuss about whether or not he was a millionaire. I don't know when these donations were made over the course of their marriage. Well, also, he blew probably about $200 million on Porsches. Well, that's true. And Maggiano's. Mmm, Maggiano's. Mm, love that for one. cheesy ravioli. Buy one and you have lunch the next day. <laughs> the only way I can afford Maggiano's. You can't afford not to eat there. <laughs> While the couple have three additional homes, uh, they have one in Florida, a condo in Chicago, and a little $4.3 million chateau along the Georgia coast, they use- Fuck you, if it's in Georgia, <laughs> you can't call it a chateau. <laughs> Why do you have me pronouncing that wrong? Chateau. Chateau. <laughs> Just a little bungalow. Just on the Redneck Riviera. Mm-hmm. Uh, they use Desconte, um, Despacito, Despacito to host charity events and political fundraisers, like an event for Mitt Romney, which costs $25,000 a head. A head? A head. How badly do you have to want to see Mitt Romney? And who wants to see Mitt Romney that much? Certainly not his children. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, with all that money and political hobnobbing, it was only a matter of time before this former varsity athlete who volunteered in soup kitchens while wearing her homecoming crown <coughs> had her own political ambitions. The first opportunity... Before before you launch into that, can I make a dumb joke? Sure. I feel like this is one of those moments where if she had just made it into the WNBA, she wouldn't have ever gone into politics, just like if Hitler had really gotten into art school. <laughs> I mean, she apparently she was a good athlete, but just not good enough, not able to follow her dreams. Well, so the first opportunity came and went. In 2014, Leffler considered seeking the Republican nomination for United States Senate in Georgia. She ended up passing because her company's upcoming merger with the New York Stock Exchange, which is when they bought it. Oh, rich people problems. A measly $8 billion position mm. that left her and her husband holding a $500 million stake in their company. That's an expensive stake. Trump change. It's a Trump stake. Oh. <laughs> well done with ketchup. Trump steaks are made out of horse meat, don't lie. <laughs> but opportunity would knock again. In August 2019, Georgia Senator John Isaacson, Isaacson, sorry, John yeah. Isaacson. <laughs> it's a lot of reading these names and not hearing them. Welcome to how I feel every time we do somebody German. John Isaacson announced that he would resign at the end of the year. Most believe that the seat would go to Doug Collins. A big toe wearing wire-rimmed glasses. And, <laughs> as he was the state representative who had helped lead the House opposition to Trump's impeachment and was Trump's personal pick. <laughs> Brian Kemp, human urinary tract infection, and governor of Georgia, decided to open an online portal for interested candidates. Because you can do that, I guess. Just have a fucking Indeed posting. Or, I, I mean, I guess that's... Elected officials, I guess. That definitely sounds like the thing you kind of do when you aren't allowed by, like, federal rules to just give it to the one guy. 
Mm-hmm. You have to let other people apply, but you know you're going to hire the intern. <laughs> well, taking the gamble, Kemp announced that Kelly Leffler, millionaire businesswoman and malfunctioning android made of leftover parts of Ann Coulter and Laura Ingram, <laughs> as his pick for the Senate seat. <laughs> yeah, the, the robotics laws are a little at the bottom. <laughs> This was apparently in a bid to help Republicans win back support among suburban women, which, but this was considering that Kelly was just the second woman to ever represent Georgia in the Senate. Every ever. woman, Kelly Leffler. Mm, feminist icon. Feminist Kelly icon, Leffler. newborn calf. <laughs> She would fill the term until the next regularly scheduled statewide election in November of 2020. In her acceptance speech, Leffler espoused her history as a successful businesswoman and her farm-grown values. I haven't spent my life trying to get to Washington, but there are a few things folks are going to find out about me. I'm pro-Second Amendment, pro-military, pro-wall, and pro-Trump. I'm a lifelong conservative, and I make no apologies for my conservative values. Not every strong woman in America is a liberal. Many of us are conservatives and proud of it. <sighs> the hashtag feminism, hashtag Kelly Luffler. <laughs> see, see the the thing there, Ren, my sweet. Is that you are giving her way too much credit for sounding like she might have actually come from Georgia. The woman is from Illinois, and she speaks like a woman from Illinois told to sound like she's come from Georgia, which just means that she says y'all a lot. Yeah, but I can't. It's really she hard has to no do accent, that accent except for she just says y'all a lot. Yeah, she's super into gingham now, which is, I'm sure, a pattern that she's never worn in her entire life. Gingham? Gingham. Yeah, is it not gingham? 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 Gingham. She's into gangnam style, the <laughs> 2015. Opa, gangnam style. Oh, 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 oh. I mean, who would it be? <laughs> she's the only one who can afford it. <sighs> so... Leffler didn't exactly get an entirely warm welcome. She did face backlash from some members of Georgia's conservative political community for such horrible things, like past donations to Mitt Romney, a Republican. Yeah, just not not crazy enough Republican. Hmm. Oh, she also had ties to former Democratic gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams, who happened to do some legal work for Leffler's WNBA team. Okay. So clearly a leftist operative. You know that that means that they were like, she's a secret socialist, she knows black people. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Feminist icon and secret socialist Kelly Leffler. A woman who looks like if you gave her a hug, she would screech and burst into flames. <laughs> if you gave her a hug, you would find out that she's actually entirely composed of knives. <laughs> Just 26 salamanders and a blazer. <laughs> Kelly Leffler. So, Kelly, of course, is so leftist 
that one of her first announcements was support for legislation banning abortion after 20 weeks, stating that abortion on demand is immoral. Abortion on demand is what I am watching on Friday nights on HBO. Abortion on demand is how a voluntary surgery should work. There should be... You shouldn't be having abortions. If there is not a demand for it yet, that is a war crime. (laughs) You bring bring up a salient point. (laughs) Fuck. Like, abortion is is always by request, Kelly. Where have you been going? (laughs) Of course, he probably does bathe in the blood of fetuses in order to, like, you know, yes, as part of her regular skincare mm-hmm. regimen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, she does an oil cleanse first, right? And then she does the, the regular cleanse. She tones. And then it's the blood of fetuses. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's the blood fetuses. <laughs> as a staunch Trump hard, Kelly always voted with Trump's position and was the only sitting senator with a record of voting 100% of the time with Trump. Probably one of the worst records to have after, like, eating the most cockroaches in one sitting or, like, going the longest without bathing. Yeah, the person who has streamed Papa Zao by Kevin Federline the most times. Yeah, just not a record you really want to win. Some of her first actions as a brand spanking new senator included... Applauding Mr. Trump's killing of Iranian General Qasem Soleimani via drone strike. That move that nearly led us going to war with Iran. That little guy, that little thing, that little guy. And co-sponsoring the resolution to dismiss Trump's impeachment. You know, for all the crimes he committed. I realize, I realize that the things I'm doing don't make for good podcasting, but I can't think of words. Just know, listeners, that Ginger is looking around at, like, as if she is in a movie theater with a bunch of people, hoping that anyone else is like, have you, can you believe this shit? Is this what's happening right now? So then Leffler jumped onto the COVID-19, ain't no big thing, bagwagon. Yeah, of course she did. Stating that Americans are in good hands with the Trump administration. And that Democrats have dangerously and intentionally misled the American people on coronavirus readiness. And also saying, plebs, if you cough on me, I'm going to shoot you with this AK-47. Yeah, she got really into guns, weirdly. I I think that's clear by the fact when she holds guns, she clearly has never held one before in her life. Yeah. Well, if anyone was ready for coronavirus, it was Miss Loeffler. In March 2020, the release of federal financial disclosure documents showed that Leffler and her husband had sold stock in companies vulnerable to the COVID-19 pandemic. This rush to sell, yeah, yeah, this rush to sell began on January 24th, the same day Leffler attended a private briefing about the spread of the disease, discussing the severity of the incoming pandemic long before the public was informed. And yet, Martha fucking Stewart's the one they send to prison. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a, that's a crime. Is it? Is it a crime? I'm Is pretty it? sure it's a crime. I'm pretty sure it's a worse crime because you're in the government. 
Well, between January 24th and February 14th, the couple sold between $1.2 and $3.1 million worth of stock in 27 companies. A completely random happenstance that had nothing to do with anything. They also sold at least $18.7 million worth of their company stock just, just before the 2020 stock market crash. Which, again, a total dink. Shrug. Who could have predicted? Leffler denied all of this, of course, saying that the trades were made by a third-party advisor who she barely knew, and she hadn't even learned about the trades until after it occurred. I don't believe her. Because that's how you get rich, Ginger. You just let random people just sell all your shit without your permission. Ren, this is a weird experience because this is the first time we're podcasting Why I have a picture of the person we're podcasting about pulled up very large on my computer screen <laughs> just to just to turn you around and give you an idea like what we're working with. And just like, oh. Glare into her lifeless not, eyes. They're dead eyes. She has, there's nothing dead trustworthy eyes. about Dull's this person. eyes. But also... <laughs> <laughs> she is a shark, but also, like, she really does look like, it, it's like Coke and Pepsi, where somebody went, somebody was like, I'd like an Ann Coulter, and the restaurant was like, is Kelly Loeffler okay? No. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I guess. I'll take it. No one's ever ordered Pepsi. You know, that's actually a perfect description of Kelly Loeffler. She is Diet Ann Coulter. Off-brand Ann Coulter. The peppy biz milk of Ann Coulter. So I had just talked about the fact that, like, they had done all of this fraud. Yes, by the crimes. All, all these insider trading. Um, but the Senate Ethics Committee found there was no wrongdoing. Mm. Mm. Hey, but it's it, it wasn't all fraud and insider trading. During her time as senator... Leffler sponsored 42 bills and co-sponsored 187. It's a little busy bee. So such bills included the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act, a bill that would make it a violation of federal law for recipient of federal funds of athletic programs to permit a person whose sex is male to participate in athletic programs or activities that is designed for women and girls. Kelly. Of course, the bill also specifies that sex shall be recognized solely on a person's reproductive biology and genetics at birth. Mm. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Her two favorite hobbies, women's basketball and transphobia. The Protect and Serve Act, which would establish a new criminal offense for knowingly assaulting a law enforcement officer. Something that was never before a crime. <laughs> I was going to say, that one sounds racist. I mean, it is. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, that that wasn't already a crime, so we have to make it yeah. a crime. Yeah. No, assault on a law enforcement officer. No one's ever nope. heard of that. No, no, no. Um, a lovely little three-pack meant to crack down on rioters wreaking havoc on American cities and communities, which included... The No Catch and Release for Rioters Act, which establishes a rebuttal presumption that a person charged with rioting should be held pending trial. Fuck off. Uh, the Rioting Restitution Act, 
which creates um, essentially what it does is it allows you to sue people who uh, meet the federal definition of rioting for damages. You can sue them. And the Support Peaceful Protest Act, which makes federally convicted rioters ineligible for any federally funded unemployment benefits, including any related to the COVID-19 crisis. Fuck you. (laughs) Oh, my God. Better not riot or you'll starve in the street for exercising your free speech. Speaking of free speech, she also had the Campus Free Speech Restoration Act. This would prohibit public colleges from curbing free speech, require any higher institution receiving federal dollars to lay out free speech policies, and a review process that, should it be determined that an institution is infringing on a student's right to speech, federal funding can be withheld. Also, this wouldn't apply to any colleges controlled by religious institutions. Oh! (laughs) So, you know, just... mm, mm. You don't have to worry about free speech on religious campuses. No. No, 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 no. I don't know how free speech works. Neither does Kelly Leffler. She does not. Uh, One of the other bills she introduced uh, to much fanfare was the Stop Suppressing Speech Act, which would revoke immunity for big tech companies that selectively block competition and lawful speech to promote free speech and to increase transparency on widely used internet platforms. They're really mad about fact-checking on Twitter. They're really mad about Twitter. Really mad about it? Mm -hmm. All right, Kelly. So, clearly... It seems that Kelly cares a lot about the freedom of speech, which is why I'm sure that in the wake of George Floyd's killing, when the WNBA committed itself to amplifying social justice causes and and the players, such as the ones on Atlanta Dream, began wearing jerseys branded with Breonna Taylor's name and displaying Black Lives Matter on the court, she supported her players and their right to free speech. Yeah, because, I mean, it's the WNBA and Atlanta after the George Floyd murder. Like, you know, she's a reasonable woman. She has to know what she's getting into and know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Because Kelly Leffler is definitely not someone who's called the police on black people having a picnic. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. So she sent a letter to the WNBA commissioner objecting to the politicization, politicization, (laughs) politicization of the game, calling for the players to take off those BLM shirts and wear American flags instead. For free speech reasons. Mm -hmm. She stated that the Black Lives Matter movement has advocated for the defunding of police, called for the removal of Jesus from churches, and has disrupted the nuclear family. Uh, mm. <laughs> Did you know about You're this? One Black- for three, Kelly. <laughs> Did you know that Black Lives Matter was like, take Jesus out of all the churches. He yeah, doesn't this- belong there. Because there's one thing I know about the black community in Georgia. It's that they hate churches. 
famously. Famously. Disrupting the nuclear family only if you're talking about, like, blocking my Uncle Rick on Facebook. (laughs) Um, that violates his free speech, and he can sue you. Um, she stated that while racism, of course, doesn't have a place in the United States, the Black Lives Matter movement doesn't align with the League or her team. Her basketball team of predominantly black women. She's using a team of black women playing a sport like they're her little Barbie dolls. And she just moves them around. But no, you don't get to have opinions. Though I can't imagine that Kelly Loeffler owned a single black Barbie doll. No. Absolutely not. It does feel like she collects Barbies, but it also feels like she was more into My Little Pony. She has horse girl energy as well. Oh, I'm yeah. Saying. She definitely has horse girl energy. I mean, I'm not surprised by this. Anyway, so re- regardless to say, this did not go well for her. According to the Washington Post, though players have advocated for Say Her Name, a movement that supports forgotten women of color who are victims of police violence, they refuse to say Leffler's referring to her only as the owner of the dream. When Jacob Black was shot in Kenosha, Wisconsin, the WNBA players organized a walkout of unprecedented proportions, refusing to play entirely, choosing Elizabeth Williams, a player for the dream, to deliver their statement and demand action for change. Leffler, after saying that the BLM movement was based on Marxist principles and threatened to destroy America reacted to her players exercising their free speech by saying that walking away from problems and walking away from a dialogue is not the right approach. Though funny enough, after her uh, racist-ass letter, Leffler has not communicated with any of the players on her payroll, which I would consider walking away from a dialogue, but what do I know? Uh, furthermore, while she claims to have watched the season opener, she told the Post that she just didn't have time to watch any of the other games because she was busy serving Georgians. Which sadly means that she missed the game on August 4th when the Dream played the Phoenix Mercury and all of her players showed up wearing t-shirts saying, Vote Warnock! <laughs> Queens. Fucking ace, man. Fucking, oh, God. Atlanta Dream basketball team for Senate. Put all of them in the Senate. Put all of them in one suit. What a tall person what that would be. What a tall person. <laughs> also, I realize, I'm so, this, this is a weird digression. Um, I was listening back to your episode on 2020 the other day. I realized that I suggested if the entire band BTS stood up on each other's <laughs> shoulders in a trench coat, they would be 12 feet tall. Because I didn't. <laughs> I didn't actually visualize how many people were in the band, nor have any idea how <laughs> tall each They're only a foot tall. Each, each of like the 12, 15 members are like maybe a foot tall. So, it's so tiny. I, d- I just want to apologize for accidentally calling the members of BTS very short. I'm, we're so sorry, BTS. Please tweet at us. Let us know how we can, you know, make up for this grave offense. Yes. So the thing is, Leffler, who 
once called herself the most conservative republic in the Senate, as if that's a thing to be proud of, mm. didn't have time to support her players or the lives of black people in general. While she was technically the incumbent, she still needed to run again to serve the remaining two years of the Senate term. So it was time for the 2020 Senate campaign. Easy breezy, beautiful, racist girl. girl. (laughs) So some highlights. She once traveled to a middle Georgia hot dog shop to meet with local officials using her newly purchased private jet for an 18 minute flight. To a hot dog stand? To a hot dog stand. Cool, woman of the people. She claimed this was to save taxpayer money. It wasn't. (laughs) She just didn't want to get that close to the pores. Just fucking drive, dude. (laughs) Seriously. There are cars. You have like a million Porsches. I know your husband has like 18 Porsches that he showed all of the girls in the WNBA team. Prying their eyes open like a clockwork orange. Look at my Porsches. <laughs> Look at them. Um, during one campaign rally, Leffler posed for a selfie with Chester Doles. Ah, yes. Yeah, who the Atlanta Journal-Constitution described as a longtime white supremacist who spent decades in the Ku Klux Klan and the neo-Nazi National Alliance. Because he was. Who doesn't take selfies with white supremacist figureheads. I mean, it's just so hard to avoid them, really. Just, I mean, he also was not some random dude who, like, just showed up with a hot dog in the middle of the crowd. No, he was actually at the hot dog shop that she flew 18 minutes to see just to get a hot dog with. Oh. That's how tight they are. They're hot dog buddies. They're hot dog buddies. That sounds like a euphemism from the 50s. <laughs> For for queer people and like oh, after the hot oh dog yeah, buddies. Uncle Brian and his friend Sam, they're just hot dog buddies. <laughs> they really like baseball. <laughs> just real big baseball fans. Just like, oh yeah, Kelly Leffler, she totally loves her husband. She's just a part owner of the WNBA team, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. There, there are a lot of people I know who are part-time owners of WNBA teams. Um, in October 2020, shortly after Trump was diagnosed with COVID-19, a shocking turn of events. The one gram of serotonin I had this year. <laughs> Leffler, who um, also happened to like going to rallies without a mask, I don't know where that might come up again, um, blamed their contraction of the disease on China. A ma'am. China gave this virus to our president and first lady. We must hold them accountable. China. The whole Kelly, of China. China. Kelly, is is China in the room with you right now? <laughs> Kelly, do you have thoughts of hurting yourself for China? Uh during um during her campaign, Leffler touted an endorsement by Marjorie Taylor Greene. A living you had me at Merlot t shirt. who won the election for Georgia's 14th Congressional District. Green, who will inevitably get her own episode, has previously vomited opinions like, uh, Muslims don't belong in the government. Oh, dear. And uh, African Americans are slaves to the Democratic Party. Ma'am? Mm-hmm. 
She's also full on QAnon. Oh. Which, uh, considering this, like, whole capital riot thing is not actually a joke. You know, I was gonna say that bitch, and then I was like, wait, there's more than one. I'm mm-hmm. not sure I know which one we're talking about anymore. Behold my field of bitches. Mm. In response to all of that, Leffler said, no one in Georgia cares about this QAnon business. <laughs> It's something that fake news is going to continue to bring up and ignore Antifa and the violence promoted across this country. (gasps) Is Kelly Leffler my dad? (laughs) Kelly, I grant you that, like, Q isn't real, but neither is Antifa. I don't know what you're talking about. I have have gotten my, my, my membership card. Right, you just, you just—it's kind of like a library. You just sign—you just sign the little survey at the back of the cardboard box, and then they send you a little a little membership card. Have you not done that yet? Like Antifa may or may not be a real organization. I don't think it is, but I think that if it is, nobody understands that they're in it. You just have to—you have to cut it out of the cereal box, Ginger. Seriously. Fuck! Am I buying the wrong cereal? Was it grape nuts? Was it supposed to be grape nuts? Of course not. It was definitely Apple Jacks. The one true Marxist cereal. Apple Jacks. <laughs> Apple Jacks, the symbol of the Marxist revolution. Yes. They they are green for <laughs> the capitalist dollar which must burn and red for the blood in the soil of the proletariat. <laughs> Makes perfect sense to me. Perfect sense. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Kelly also donated uh, large portions of her Senate salary, which she didn't really need, as at this point I think her net worth was like $800 million uh, combined their husband um so she donated her pittance of a senate salary to anti-abortion and anti-lgbtq groups such as crisis pregnancy centers my oh my favorite grifters still exist they still exist and an adoption agency called covenant care adoptions which requires all adoptive parents to be husband and wife and to agree with a statement of faith which, among other blah, 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 things, states that any form of sexual immorality, including homosexual behavior, bisexual conduct, bestiality, incest, and use of pornography, is sinful <laughs> and offensive to God. Good luck, ma'am. <laughs> um... So when the election concluded on November 3rd, 2020, uh, no candidate had received 50% of the vote. This triggered a runoff election between Leffler, who came in second, and the primary's first place finisher, Democratic candidate Raphael Warnock. As expected, Leffler accused her opponent of having a Marxist ideology and being a radical extremist. She doesn't know what Marxism is, does she? Well, none of them do. No. None of them do. None of them have actually read anything. They've all read The Fountainhead. <laughs> Even that they skimmed. It's a very fucking long book. Ugh. Um. So Warnock responded with this ad, which is pretty fickin' great. 
Raphael Warnock eats pizza with a fork and knife. Raphael Warnock once stepped on a crack in the sidewalk. Raphael Warnock even hates puppies. Get ready, Georgia. The negative ads are coming. Kelly Leffler doesn't want to talk about why she's for getting rid of health care in the middle of a pandemic, so she's going to try and scare you with lies about me. I'm Raphael Warnock, and I approve this message because I'm staying focused on what Washington could do for you. And by the way, I love puppies. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I love puppies. <laughs> oh, man. Don't get it twisted. I fucking love puppies. I love puppies. He eats his pizza with a fork and a knife. What a monster. Um, on November 20th, Leffler spoke at a rally in Canton, Georgia. Later that day, she tested positive for COVID-19, which is just super weird. I mean... She doesn't wear masks at her rallies, and neither do the attendees. I don't know how that happened. Weird. There's no China. You were China. <laughs> China. There was, of course, another election that happened in November. Mm. I have heard tell. Mm-hmm. Um, Leffler and David Perdue, the other senator from Georgia and villain from a Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> claimed without evidence that there had been a failure in the election and called for the resignation of the Georgia Secretary of State for failing to deliver a victory to Trump. I mean, an honest election. (laughs) I mean, a fair and honest democracy. Fuck it. Um, (laughs) So... In twen- in actually, in December 2020, she even supported a lawsuit by Trump allies seeking to overturn the election results. According to Politico, Leffler apparently repeated Trump's baseless claims of fraud and more fraud and all of the fraud because she and Purdue wanted the support of Trump and his core, voter- eh, core voters in the January runoff. So how did this strategy work out? In the early morning hours of January 6th, the Associated Press called the race for Raphael Warnock. Our puppy-loving king. He loves a puppy. His historic win, the first black senator ever elected in the state, was attributed to heavy black voter turnout. Thanks to Stacey Abrams and many other on-the-ground activists and their grassroots campaigns. May Anita Hill bless you. Bless you and save you. Her defeat had been clear the night before as Leffler trailed Warnock by tens of thousands of votes, but she had assured supporters that she, st- she still had a path of victory. She could, she could still do it. Somewhere. She then bragged that she was headed to Washington to object to the counting of the Electoral College votes in Congress and to object the certification of those votes. But something else happened that day. Um, hmm. I can't, I can't quite remember. The sixth, you say? The sixth. Oh, right. A violent insurrection attempt. How could I forget? After the U.S. Capitol was overrun by Donald Trump supporters and other such defenders of something, <clears throat> Kelly changed her mind. 
and decided that maybe trying to incite a coup by lying about the results of a fair and honest election would look a little treasony. Just, mm, just a little. And the next day, she also conceded to Warnock. As of today, she gave her farewell speech to Congress, saying how honored she was, all the good shit she did, thanking everyone for her votes for prom queen, blah, 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 blah. But she did have some warnings, and I'll read them for you now. While those on the left feign a desire for unity, they say they cannot tolerate it without accountability. In essence, there can be no unity without conforming to their views. Disagree and you will be cancelled! Not just your social media account, but your job, your family, your educational opportunities, even your God-given rights. As a Republican, a conservative American who still believes in the Constitution, I refused to be intimidated by the cancel culture and its dangerous narratives. Is she my Uncle Rick? <laughs> Kelly Leffler, your least favorite uncle. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of cancel culture, Kelly's celebrated the birthday of Martin Luther King Jr. by tweeting how inspired Georgians were of his legacy and to reaffirm our commitment to service. In response, Twitter provided the fucking receipts. <laughs> Like how she had just spent the last month attacking a pastor who literally preaches from Dr. King's pulpit. That's literally where literally. he job. Or that selfie with the former KKK leader um, who was in prison for nearly beating a black man to death and later marched in Charlottesville. Hmm. Hmm. Or that one photo with Senator Tom Cotton, man who once called slavery unnecessary evil. Mm -hmm. And violent extremist Joshua Mote, which her campaign later claimed was a fake news attack from the totally discredited Southern Poverty Law Center and the uh, friends in the liberal media. Ren, what is what is the number <laughs> one rule of this podcast? <laughs> if the Southern Poverty Law Center has to describe you or speak on you in any <laughs> fucking way. If there, if your name is in the Southern Poverty Law Center Dictionary of Fuckheads, that's bad. Also, if your name was dropped at Nuremberg, also bad. Also bad. <laughs> so, Kelly Leffler, in this court of cultural Marxism, by the order of the president of Antifa. Reverend Martinez. <laughs> Reverend Martinez. You have been officially canceled. <laughs> Amen. Let it be written. <laughs> Let the meeting minutes show. So mote it be. <laughs> please, please, please sound edit a whole bunch of like chairs squeaking and people going, yes, seconded. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man. So that's that's Kelly Leffler. I hope that I have brought you all the joy you were hoping for. You know, I knew about three of those things. <laughs> And they weren't even the three most troubling. Somehow the most troubling is Magianos and enforcing, <laughs> enforcing, 
forcing a basketball team to look at her husband's Porsche collection. <laughs> it's it's just one of it's just a lovely, completely out of touch moment. Oh just my god. So so disconnected that she is almost no longer human. It's she like she's just this wonderful like I don't mean to call her wonderful for anything, but for the purposes of our podcast, she's like exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about this fucking guy. Just somebody who is like so shitty and dumb. And they don't matter. I mean, she is she's literally a cash register with a wig on it. Like that is Yes, Pepsi and Coulter. Kelly Leffler. Her reign of terror has come to an end. Oh, man. Well, you got a self-care plan? (laughs) But of course. And it involves pieces from a French castle being imported from my pool house. (laughs) (laughs) Ren, I can't afford this self-care plan. Alright, so since we're being cancelled... I thought that we would talk about the self-care specifically of canceling plans. Well, because canceling plans to, like, knit or binge watch Bridgerton or do absolutely fucking nothing, that is self-care. Yes. It is self-care. Sometimes canceling your plans to record this podcast are self-care. Don't at me. (laughs) But let's not be a dick about it. So be upfront. Would you mind rescheduling dinner tonight? Will you forgive me if I bail on this brunch? Be Just be honest about your needs and let people know as soon as possible, right? Like, you know I love you, but right now I just need to be in my pajamas in front of the TV. If someone is close with you, they'll, they'll get it. Just like Kelly Loeffler got COVID. <laughs> they'll get it. From being close to you. Don't overdo the apology. Once is enough. You're canceling plans, not inciting a violent overthrow of democracy. Just the once. This is level bet me, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and don't make it a habit. It's all right to cancel plans once in a while. But if it's becoming like a regular thing, maybe you need to look at why. Are you constantly overcommitting? Are you struggling to cope with your social life? Are you plotting to destroy the nuclear family? Yes. Either way, make the changes you need so you can bail responsibly. I gotta go reevaluate some things, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully, the naps we take after the inauguration are like nice, comfortable, relaxing naps and not desperate attempts to escape. The horrid hellscape that is really reality. The naps that you have taken because you drank all the red wine in your house. (laughs) Well, well, I guess that's going to be all for us this week, folks. Since the red wine is all gone. It's all gone. We are short for this world. Uh, but if you like what you're hearing on this, our last episode before we die of red wine poisoning, you should check us out on this fnguypod.com, recently updated, not with episode art because I'm bad at it, or <laughs> on Twitter at this 
FN Guy Pod. We are on Facebook, just blasting the memes, blasting the memes into your feed. Like us there, and also peer pressure the other people who like our page to listen to the podcast, because there's like... 5,000 people following that page and, like, 40 people following the podcast. Please help. Please help. Listen to us. We're funny. Patreon exists. Oh, yeah, that's still a thing. We are planning on doing a bunch of Patreon content uh, for 2021. Um, we are in... We are, we're, we're planning it. We're actually going to, like, write down a plan mm-hmm. rather than just get drunk and wing it. Because while... That's funny mid-episode. It's not really conducive to long-term success. I am actually working on an episode of The Caucasity for uh, a Patreon bonus episode um, with our lovely friend of the show, Velma. Yeah! uh, Film buff, and I am going to be... reading excerpts of celebrities um drunk races breakdowns and letting you guess who was the celebrity oh i am so looking forward to it that's gonna be delightful Mm. well as always i am reverend martinez and i'm ginger golub here's a bonus self-care tip if you put cream into your mug before the coffee it mixes way better and don't be this fucking guy Peace. This fucking guy.